Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Environmental Social Justice. I am your host, Wendy Nystrom, with my co-host, Mr. Joel Vendette. Good morning. Good morning. And today we are discussing the invisible disability of hearing loss. And a lot of people might be wondering what that has to do with environmental social justice. And the fact is that a majority of our population actually does have some form of hearing impairment. And they are unaware of this. And that is a social justice issue. So that being said, our guest today is Kathy Dowd. She is the executive director of the Audiology Project. Welcome, Kathy. Thank you so much, Wendy, for having me on. And thank you, Joel. Um, Good morning. Good morning. Now, could you please tell us your, your background and how you even got into you know, the studies of hearing loss? Well, it's interesting because my undergraduate degree is in French education. So when I was 17, I went to France to work au pair for families. And with my two years of high school French, I could not understand a word they were saying. But your brain gets adjusted. So after about a month or two with a, a dictionary in hand, I actually could understand what they were saying. I didn't feel comfortable speaking. But by the end of the summer, you know, I had some proficiency. So that's how your brain changes when it's challenged, you know, with treatment or anything else. So when I graduated with my degree in French, and I studied in Paris for a year too, but um, there were no jobs. This was back in 1972 and schools were getting rid of language requirements. So I had to find another job. I got a job that had graduate hours that I could take. Somebody mentioned audiology. I'd never heard the word before. And so there I am after, I think, three more years and I graduated. So that's that's impressive. I mean, just the fact that you learned French, I, I don't know if I would have been as proficient after a few months. <laughs> well, I was nowhere close to proficient, but I at least could understand what they were saying because I had kids to take care of, you know, and oh, yeah. out on errands and things like that. So yeah, I had to understand. And so that's funny. Somebody, you didn't even know what all the allergy was and you went, yeah, okay, I'll do it. Let's do it. <laughs> well, the fact that it's hearing um, makes it very interesting just because of my own issue. And I think I had a problem growing up because I had my tonsils and adenoids uh, removed. I cannot learn auditorily. I have to see it on a page to remember it. So I think that was the effect of my tonsils and adenoids obstructing my hearing. That's interesting because I always have to see things written out as well for for me to maintain it. If I hear it, I'm like, yeah, I got to see that written out. I'm not going to remember your name unless I see it written out. But um, when you and I were first talking, um, hearing loss is actually extremely frequent. And most people don't realize that. And um, we'll get into the the mental well-being of that afterwards. But um, people just think, oh, I'm just getting old. Or this is, you know, too many concerts. It's Joel case. But, you know, how do people even recognize the problem? Or actually, they wouldn't, I guess. (laughs) No, and that's the problem. There's a term called anosognosia, the inability to know that you have a sensory impairment. So unless somebody pushes you in to get tested or you're in school and you get screened somehow or something, there's no motivation. And even for physicians, when you go to a doctor one-on-one face-to-face in a quiet exam room, 
you can have a significant loss and still get by and the doctor will say, oh, don't worry, that's normal for your age. But you have to have a valid screening that will tell you, yes, you have a problem or no, you're fine. That's the only way you know. So that and I go ahead, Joel, just. I know I say it makes complete sense because it's like, you know, whenever you're like, say you're injured, like your body knows how to adapt based upon whatever it is that's happening with you. So that's actually makes a lot of sense. I mean, I know I have tinnitus because my ears are always ringing and I know it's from many, many loud concerts, many yeah. loud concerts, but it's yeah. interesting yes. because you adapt, you, your body knows how to adapt and you just kind of get accustomed to it. So you don't even realize you've got an issue anymore. So what, when you have noise exposure, hearing loss, what you lose is the high pitches, which are the consonant sounds. You can still hear the vowel sounds, but you miss the beginnings and ends of words. But if you're watching somebody, you can lip read um, those sounds so you can get by, uh, but it just makes you calm down and feel less stressed if you can hear everything and you don't have to really focus in on somebody's face. One, yeah, and I'm so glad you brought that up because when you and I first discussed this, because, um, you know, I, I have hearing issues myself ever since I was a little kid, but um, you said the mental well-being is greatly affected when people have hearing loss, primarily depression, isolation, confusion, people stop socializing. So I want, you know, all the listeners to think about that when you have a friend who's maybe become a little more introverted or doesn't socialize or maybe at a cocktail party just sitting there looking around the room not engaging, that might be a clear sign of hearing loss that they're unaware of. Well, that's true. And a lot of times it gets misunderstood. They think, oh, you're just ignoring me, you know, family members, or you're not paying attention to me. And they get hurt because the person's not paying attention when in fact they can't hear. So yeah. um, well, people thought I was just antisocial cocktail parties because I'm like, dude, I can't hear you. I, it just, there's, I, I, there's too much sound around. I cannot distinguish what you were in fact saying. But there's also going to be the people who are faking it, going like, oh, oh, I can't hear anything. And they just don't want to talk to you. So there is that. There are those elements as well. <laughs> well, you know, there is. If you go in for a test, though, there were people that would come in for testing. And I worked at a prison system once. And I kept at one of the guards. I said, why are these prisoners faking a hearing test? Because we can vet them out and tell if it's real or not. Um, and he said, well, actually, they can get. Uh, reimbursement. They can get, they can go on um, disability. I said, really? So they're willing to fake a hearing test. Um, they just don't do it very well. So that is interesting. Yeah. Um, very resourceful. But I mean, you started the audio audiology project. That's a mouthful. Um, in response to helping people, one, identify if you do have hearing loss, because a lot of us don't realize it. And then you said, I think it was only 15 or 20 percent other people with hearing loss get help. So they're just yes. going about just accepting something they don't have to accept. Well, exactly. And I think um, I started the audiology project when I realized that um, people didn't realize diabetes causes hearing loss. And my mother-in-law had gotten diagnosed with diabetes. She already had a hearing loss. So I said to my brother-in-law, we need to get her hearing checked. Uh, because she has diabetes, he said, well, where did that come from? He, he's part of a state diabetes program. And I said, you've never heard of that? He said, never. And so he directed me to CDC and 
it took 10 years for them to add it into their protocol for diabetes management. That's only one of, you know, cardiovascular issues, high blood pressure can cause hearing problems, uh, heart problems causes hearing, um, your kidneys, uh, if you have a kidney problem, it can cause a hearing loss. Your thyroid can cause a hearing loss. Um, really? Infectious diseases, a lot of times they give you medications that cause a hearing loss. Um, trauma falls, you know, if you hit your head, maybe you yeah. had a skiing accident, you hit your head, you kind of get back on your feet. You don't realize you might have lost hearing in one ear if it was a really severe blow. So there's so many things that can cause it, or it could just be genetics. So it's interesting though, with certain medications, so you're trying to treat something, but you're actually causing hearing loss as a result of said medication. Um, that's weird. Well, and a lot of times it's really severe infections, you know, like sepsis or um, there's a gut infection called Clostridium difficile and you know, those you have to dig down into the medications um, usually to get rid of it. But there's a whole protocol that you should be tested before you start. And then during the, the um, delivery of those medications, and then even for six months after you stop because it continues to, to change. So yeah, it's a lot for somebody to have to deal with and remember and stay on track with all these things about hearing. Yeah, because I mean, you're talking about the, you know, the medical side. I mean, all I'm thinking is how many commercials do we see on a regular basis? And they list the symptoms and hearing loss is never one of them. Oh, yeah, I know. I know. Even now that CDC recognizes hearing loss, I think the next step is to get it into physician offices. Yeah. Um, but even my own physician, I said, why aren't you when I was still in practice? I said, why aren't you referring your patients with diabetes? And he said, hearing aids are too expensive. Yeah, I said, exactly. they're not all gonna need hearing aids. The incidence is 30% of people with diabetes have a hearing problem. So some of them just need to be monitored because if their diabetes gets out of control, it affects their hearing and it affects their auditory processing. Yeah. It dis disrupts the whole microvascular system. So and, that's what I've been doing for 10 years. <laughs> But then, you know, as you said, it disrupts your hearing and then your processing. And then that's when you start seeing people disassociate, you know, become retreat within themselves. And that's the real social justice aspect of it. Because if you don't have to be old, this isn't just for the elderly. This is someone who could be in their 20s. Yes. That's, you know, got this a real disability. This is a real thing. And they don't recognize it. And then they, you know, they, they're not participating in work. They're not, you know, they're losing office hours. They're losing promotions. They're losing you know, growing in their field, growing in their career. And it's it's a real thing that people should pay attention to. Um, why not, just so people can understand, because I think the audiology project, the test that I took, could you explain to people what that is? Uh, it's just online, folks. It's really easy to do. <laughs> yes, it's very easy. If you go to the audiologyproject.com and look under impact, it's, it's a hearing screening. It was developed in South Africa by Hurex, and they really have done some phenomenal things. It is almost diagnostic because on the back end of it, it, you know, if I collected all this data, it would actually tell me is one ear worse than the other? 
Uh, what degree is it? Is there any potential blockage that needs to be medical medically treated? I mean, it's a lot more than what you just, you know, a three minute digits and noise test. So it's very easy, but it tells you very straightforward. Yes, you have a problem or no, you're fine. So it's a good thing to keep track of it on that uh, little screen. I'll just, I'll give people, because I took it um, over the weekend because I've always had hearing issues. Even as a little kid, I was always in the doctors with the little headphones, listening to the beeps and they're like, you're fine. And actually I'm really not, but what are you going to do about it? So I took this online test and it's through your computer and they recommend you wear headphones. I didn't have any handy, so it was fine, but it's a woman's voice counting three numbers or four numbers. And some are very clear and some there's static in the background and there are different pitches of static, low static, high static, loud, soft. And you have to type in the numbers you heard. And it's, um, I think it's 29 or 30 numbers that they, you know, sequences. And for me, the biggest one was hearing that first number was the hardest because my, my hearing had to adjust and then I could hear the remaining three. But oh, I flunked it. I flunked that test and it said, you need help. It's like, yeah, I, I believe you. And so when I highly recommend you guys check out the test just to see how you place. Because sometimes it's like, you're fine, you know, just keep testing yourself once a year or so, see if there's issues. But what would you, you know, Kathy, recommend someone takes that test online, they flunk, what do they do? I mean, it's a little scary at first, you're like, oh, God. But then you realize you're okay. (laughs) Yeah, nothing's changed. You just know that you need to get it checked and find out what exactly it is. It may not be critical. But to get a baseline, kind of like, you know, those people that take a picture of somebody every year, that's kind of what we like to do about hearing is every year, let's take a picture like your eyes and glasses and see where it is. But I'm so interested that you took that because you told me that you used to have tests that were normal, but you knew that you could not hear in background. So they said that my hearing um, was fine, but I had trouble distinguishing sound. So that's why um, I hear everything at once. And if someone's talking and there's like, let's say a cocktail party is the easiest thing to think about, lots of background noise. And Joel's talking to me and I'm trying to focus on what he's saying, but I can hear the people talking behind me. I can hear the plates clinking. I can hear the glasses. I can hear people walking. I, I can catch phrases and bits of what Joel's saying, but I'll never catch the whole thing. And there's actually treatment for that too. There's a, a there's testing for that. It's called an auditory processing problem. So even if your hearing can be normal and even kids hearing can be normal and they can have an auditory processing problem, any background noise in the classroom will disrupt their learning. Yep. Uh, but you can learn to overcome that. There's a treatment for that. So um, I would just suggest very strongly that people choose an audiologist. There's two tabs underneath the the screening and you it says find an audiologist and so you look in your state and you find somebody close by and they'll do a really thorough job and be able to tell you what's going on what's happening and then how often you need to be seen based on what your case history is they may want you to come back in three months you know if you go out um, to concerts every month, Joel. <laughs> you Joel's, might have- yeah, Joel's got issues. <laughs> Unless you're wearing ear protection. Nobody's doing that. Come on now. I did. Um, I think they're getting better at that. I started doing it even on the plane. When I fly on a plane, I have a, on my 
phone, I have a little app that'll show me what the loudness level is. It's up to 100 decibels. Anything over 80 decibels can be damaging. So I put those earplugs in when I'm on the plane because um, I don't want to get any additional hearing problems. See, I remember growing up and being like on a road trip and I would have my headphones on. I remember my parents saying like, can you turn that down? We can hear them. And I'm like, eh, I'm a kid, whatever. But <laughs> so why do you think, this is actually something I'm curious about. Why do you think that we don't place enough of an emphasis on getting hearing checked? Because it's invisible and you, you don't, as the person, you don't see it. It's not like having a, a gash on your arm and it's like very visible and you've got to get that fixed. Um, we do that with eyesight. We do that with everything else that we can't necessarily see, but we may know <laughs> eyesight. See uh -huh. um, the things that we can't really, that we don't necessarily think about because like, again, with our eyesight, our body will adapt, but we're always told get your eyes checked. You I'm know, blind as a bat. I'll walk into a wall. <laughs> you've got a lot of issues. But I mean, you know, like, but like when you're reading something, you learn to adapt and you don't think about it. Like, oh, all of a sudden the books are getting closer and closer to my face. You don't think about it because you just adapt to the condition that you've got. But we're always told, you know, like I said, get your eyes checked, get your blood pressure, all these different things. But we don't focus on getting our hearing checked unless you're in grade school and you do the headphone test. That's when I remember it. Well, again, I think uh, physicians have got to, step up. Um, yeah. You know, people with diabetes, uh, it's very much ingrained in diabetes care to get an annual vision test. So now that we've kind of popped up on the screen, it's getting physicians to actually do the screening and referring uh, or just referring for a baseline. That's the CDC recommendation. Hmm. Um, but the person themselves, it's not, you know, they don't realize it a lot of times. Um, yeah. You know, their family sees it before they do. So that's an issue. Interesting. Yeah, because I don't feel like there's any, we don't talk about hearing loss unless it's to a point where somebody's noticeably, you know, so yeah. it's like we don't think about adding that to our annual checkups, which I'm terrible at that as well, but whatever. Um, we just don't think about putting that into our normal rotation of just healthcare, which I find interesting. Well, I think you know, that's why we're doing this particular discussion is I think people yeah. need to become more aware. And going back to the social justice issue, people that don't get to go to the doctor very often are going to have hearing issues they don't know about, and they can only adapt so far before it's just not working out at all. And when people talk about diversity, equity, and inclusion, that includes people with disabilities. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, I hate it when people are we're really siloing this DEI into certain categories. It's everybody. It's absolutely everybody that needs to be included and disabilities are often forgotten about. And that that is so important. And we do need to pay more attention to our hearing and basically giving people the courage to go to the doctor, the means to go to the doctor. That's why this online audio, audiology project has that free testing. I, it was free. I did it online. Just yes. click a button. And that way you can tell and you can do your own baseline and then go from there. So it's, it's valuable to have this information. Well, and some people have a knee-jerk reaction about getting hearing aids if they need them. Um, of course, I'm an audiologist, but I've already decided when I get hearing aids, I've decided what style I'm going to have, um, what color it's going to be. And, you know, people just have to get used to that. I mean, we wear these little earbud things that come down like that. And yeah. 
you know, so why not get something that's custom fit that um, can screen out background noise? I mean, some of these hearing aids, when you go into a restaurant, it perceives if there's a lot of background noise, it automatically takes the noise down and emphasizes the speech and puts the microphone in directional mode so that you're hearing what's in front of you, not all the people sitting behind you. So that's just wonderful. We didn't have that 30 years ago. Uh, well, hearing I'm, I'm, good. I'm glad you brought up um, all the technology that's there, but let's talk about the equity of that because hearing aids are extremely expensive. And I know in certain states, you can just get it over the counter, others you need a prescription. And I don't believe it's covered by Medicaid. Or is um, it? There's 28 states that cover adults on Medicaid for hearing services. There's 22 states that have no coverage. However, for example, if you live in a communal situation like a low-income housing Mm -hmm. um, or assisted living or group home, there was a Supreme Court decision in 1999 called the Olmstead Act, and it mandates hearing services oh. because it's aligned with the Americans with Disabilities Act. Mm -hmm. So that I think somebody in Georgia started this whole suit and it came out. Now, I just learned about this six months ago. This happened in 1999. So there's a lot we don't know. You Not have, well publicized. <laughs> no, 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 no. States cover it up because they know that they're going to have to cover it. Even the 22 that don't have a Medicaid program for adults, they have to have a process to cover it. So that's good to know. That's valuable information. And Joel's rolling because, yeah, we always talk about the injustices out there of people. There are services. There are um, things that people can get. But it's so well hidden that if you don't even know what to look for, what to ask for, they're not gonna voluntarily give you that info. And no, no. It's just the last wrong. couple of months, we've been going through the 20, 22 states to find out what their process is because oh, it's, wow. not, it's not written anywhere. So we had to call and we've got about 20 or 21 of them nailed down, but they really do hide it and they don't tell people about it. So. Families who have members, family members in a nursing home, it's mandated by a federal law. Uh, in assisted living, it's mandated by a Supreme Court decision. So, you know, it, you know, if they contact us through the Audiology Project, we certainly can share that information with them. And that is the perfect segue to tell people how do they find you, how do they work with you, how do they use your services, because that's a lot of paperwork and a lot of research not everyone's going to be willing or know how to do. Well, we have a website. It's called the audiologyproject.com. And you can see there's different uh, tabs at the top. The one under impact is where the screening tool is and how to find an audiologist. And then we have educational material that you can download. So, for example, before you go in to see the audiologist, you can download a, a questionnaire you fill out one side of it about where you're having trouble and then your significant other fills out the other side. Okay. Oh. There's a little bit of a difference there. So um, <laughs> that's good. I like that. <laughs> but there's a lot of resources and then we have ways you can contact us. And that's when we can get involved if anybody has, you know, some issues. Um, so, yeah, it's, I, this is mostly advocacy now, and I just try to provide the 
information on how to find audiologists across the United States, because I no longer do the testing myself. So, yeah, but it's a valuable resource for people to have so they can at least know what's know what's available to them. Yeah, I had no idea about like the federal mandate for for that. That's don't even get me started on what I think about healthcare, but whatever. Um, that's kind of mind blowing that these things aren't known because yeah. yeah, they don't want you to know. Yeah. Well, the only reason I know about it in North Carolina is that um, there's been some suits that have been filed in the last year with the state under the Olmstead Act. And so now they're kind of, you know, trying to at least educate people. They still won't tell me how it's processed for hearing services, but I know it's covered um, because it's an Americans with Disability Act. So we have to support people who cannot afford yeah. uh, to get hearing aids. We have to support them. I'm okay. just scared that it's going to be, remember the Whisper 2000, I think, was it called that? Like back in the 80s and 90s. And it was like that thing, the commercial with the guy on the couch and he puts on the headphones. I'm like, I'm terrified that that's what's going to be given out. No offense to the product, but that's just what I'm picturing. is like basically your old Sony Walkman and that's what you get. Yeah, they have over the counters now. But um, my concern about that would be like me going to pick up glasses at the drugstore because I have an astigmatism. Yep. So one eye is different than the other and I need trifocals. Yep. Yeah. And so if I try to just wear an over the counter eyeglass, you know, I would be totally frustrated. Um, right. I so mean, I yeah. don't know what your test results are, you know. Do you have a hearing problem in the low frequencies or the high frequencies? Yes. If you get a flat amplifier, it may over amplify in the lows and you get a covering up of the high pitches that you don't want. So oh. it's much better to get a prescriptive type yeah. of hearing aid. Uh, I think it works better. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and these are, again, the average person isn't going to know anything about low frequency, high frequency, background noise, cutting out we don't know these things. And if we don't know these things, how are we going to know what to get ourselves? So we need people like you, Kathy, to guide us in the right direction because, um, yeah, uh, hearing, hearing is kind of important. And, um, if it's something you can fix, I mean, I'm, I don't see well, so I got glasses. These are actually in addition, I wear contacts and I wear these. Absolutely. Well, it's the reading glasses. So like without, if I'm not reading something far away, I could see no problem. But if I want to see my keyboard and look at you guys, I need these. <laughs> well, it affects everything in your life. It affects, if you're still working, it affects your job. It, you know, your family gets frustrated with you uh, because they think you're not paying attention. You didn't yeah. do what they asked you to do. Uh, it affects you going out with your friends because, again, with noise, um, even if you didn't have an auditory processing problem, Background noise is an issue for somebody who has a hearing loss. So the technology is just wonderful and clears that up for the I most part. One more question for you. How do you think that we as, um, I'm, I don't know if you know the answer to this, but as far as like what we're able to do, do you find that other countries and other locations place more emphasis on the importance of hearing than we do in America? Uh, that's an interesting question. In Europe, you know, hearing aids are a lot less expensive and it's pretty, and it's covered by the country's healthcare plan. Okay. But as far as recognizing it, this issue with diabetes, I have a friend uh, who works in Paris at a diabetes research hospital. So I was sending her the CDC information. And so she shared it with her clinical director 
who said, well, that's interesting, but we don't have anybody with a hearing loss in our facility, in our hospital. Now, statistically, that's not even possible, but it tells you they don't test for it. So it's like if you don't test for blood pressure, you're not going to see a blood pressure problem. If you don't test for diabetes with a blood sample, you're not going to see diabetes. That's why diabetes is underdiagnosed, too. So you just have to screen for it. Interesting. Okay, I was wondering. Okay. Yeah, no, it's a it's a valuable tool that people to need to know about. So um, on that, guys, um, Kathy, thank you so much for this wealth of knowledge you've provided. And I highly recommend that people check out the Audiology Project. Take that test online. It's super easy. It takes only a few minutes to do. And then you can kind of get your own baseline and you can make your decision to move forward. Being someone who has hearing issues, um, uh, don't think it's just your hearing. You have issues, period. I have issues, period. And Joel's known me long enough to know every single one. So thank you, Joel. Well, <laughs> well thank you so I know much you're for having me on. I appreciate it. This was of great. Course. I really appreciate it. Yes. And um, so, guys, uh, Wendy Nystrom, host for Environmental Social Justice with my co-host, Joel Vendette. And again, please check out Dr. Kathy Dowd and the Audiology Project. Take the test. Get your baseline done. It, knowledge is power. We'll talk to you guys later. Take care. Bye. Thank you.